Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back, everybody. Big week here. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, There will not be an episode on Wednesday, but there will be an episode on Friday. I'm basically just going to sit back on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and just sort of soak in everything that's taking place regarding elections across the nation and a variety of other issues, as you might expect, certainly education-related, because there's plenty of education-related things on these ballots coming up, and I'm going to be paying attention to that too. So with that said, in this particular episode, I've got some headlines to just hit on. I also have a 40-plus minute conversation with Cicely from New Mexico. Again, she's been a guest on the show before. You may recall she, again, former elementary school teacher, didn't put up with the crap, didn't put up with the mask wearing, and they ended up cutting her loose as a result of her not wanting to do all of that. Uh, And then, of course, with their teacher shortage that they have, uh, they begged her to come back and even are begging her to be a longtime sub, and she just keeps telling them no. She's not going to do it anymore. And she's homeschooling, which is great. And uh, sending her five-year-old to preschool, which is also awesome. So there you go. Uh, But that conversation comes later on in this episode. First of all, I just wanted to hit on a couple of education-related things very quickly here. Uh, Just a couple of jab-related things, too. And then there's there's a post going around right now, which I'll read through in just a minute, but it has to do with taking your cell phone to the polling places and why you should not do that. Um, What I'm going to read you later on is conceivable. It makes sense, but it's it, it could be purposeful disinformation in the interest of getting people to not take their cell phones. Again, in an effort to either not record illegality that might be taking place or pay attention to the Bluetooth devices that are actually available within their polling place or be able to track any of that. Uh, Not to mention, as you've heard me say here, it's remarkably important to take a photograph of your actual ballot. And if you're like me and you're voting on a Dominion machine, they usually have those receipt printout things that are inside of the machine on the right-hand side. And when you're done, It will show you a QR code as it's showing you all the different people that you voted for. See, I take pictures of all of that stuff because, as you've heard me say, you need physical proof that you, in fact, voted. You can't trust the people running these joints, and I don't know. I don't trust them. So anyway, I'm going to read through that a little bit later, and it's just food for thought, I think. it's Again, it's conceivable. It's certainly interesting what they bring up, but... um. I'm still in the camp of you needing to bring your cell phone and take actual pictures or video evidence that you, in fact, did vote. So let's see here. First of all, with education, just very briefly, this was from iHeart.com. They're doing whatever they can to keep the Uvalde story alive and that Uvalde fake shooting thing alive. This came out again a few a few days ago. It says disturbing 911 audio emerges from inside Uvalde's school during the shooting. It's ridiculous. Uh, this this entire thing is completely ridiculous. I'm not going to play the audio, but I will read it for you because it's it's pretty weird. Again, this didn't happen. Um, they have. At least two children allegedly on audio making a call to 911 claiming that there's a shooter in the building. 
Remember, ladies and gentlemen, this is in elementary school. What elementary school kids have cell phones, let alone are using their cell phones in the middle of, a, of an alleged shooting, which didn't happen? I mean, who, who would do that? Um, one of the audios says the following. I'm not kidding. This is from the dispatcher. The dispatcher allegedly says, quote, the child, it's actual audio, so you could, you could hear it, but it says the child is advising he is in the room full of victims, full of victims at this moment. Why would there be an alive child in a classroom with a cell phone surrounded by dead bodies? There wouldn't be because it didn't happen. I just, I can't stand these people. I mean, <laughs> I really can't. This lying is so bad, and this story is so awful. Uh, again, everybody's pretty calm on the audio for the most part. One alleged teacher is saying, someone's banging on my school. Uh, there's shooting going on, whatever, and yet you don't hear any banging and you don't hear any shooting. So I just don't understand how these children all of a sudden have cell phones and are able to call 911. I'm not saying that's an impossibility. I'm just saying it's, it makes no sense. So anyway, that's, uh, that's a thing. And again, they're just you know right in front of an election, right before an election. They're trying to ramp that up in an effort to, again, I don't know, stir the pot of panic just a little bit more, I guess. Uh, here's another one. It's from the freebeacon.com. Michigan AG Dana Nessel called for drag queen for every school, quote unquote. Mission, Michigan voters disagree. It says 63% of Great Lakes state voters less likely to back Nessel over controversial comment. Uh, let's see. It says Michigan Democratic Attorney General Dana Nessel in June said that drag queens should be in every school. Michigan voters disagree, according to a new poll obtained exclusive, exclusively by the Washington Free Beacon. The October poll, which Lansing-based firm Marketing Resource Group conducted for the Michigan Freedom Fund, shows that 63% of registered Michigan voters are less likely to back Nessel due to her drag queen for every school comment. Uh, this woman is nuts. She's nuts. Uh, I saw a story about her a while back. What was it? She was at a University of Michigan football game and it was so drunk that she had to be basically carted out of the entire stadium. Somebody, people had to pick her up and take her to a golf cart where she was blacked out and then drive her, you know, where? I don't, I don't know. Somewhere, I guess. It's just nuts. I mean, it's more evidence that these people are selected, not actually elected. Absolutely crazy. Uh, here's another one very quickly, too. This was sent to me again by our amazing Louisiana educator. It says EBR schools awarded $3.5 million grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Baton Rouge, East Baton Rouge school system was one of two school districts in the nation to be awarded a $3.5 million grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The grant titled Research and Development Partnerships for Math Equity, of course. Gotta throw in that word equity, don't you? Focuses on economically disadvantaged and minority students. 
EBRPSS will be part of a 33-month innovative pilot program that will combine existing collaborative research partners in an effort to develop new customized intervention models. Data tracking, that's not good, and teacher training for online student learning. I'll tell you what, this is interesting from a couple of avenues. Number one, I find it hard to believe that anybody in that school district wrote a $3.5 million grant. I, I don't buy that for a minute. What I do believe is that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation th gave money to the school district to implement whatever it is that Bill and Melinda Gates want to implement. And again, data tracking is, as we know, a big one, which leads me to this. Um, the e-hall pass subject that was brought up by the high school student in the last episode. I look this up on YouTube and watch some of these videos. You talk about data tracking to the nth degree. And you talk about a colossal waste of time. This e-hall pass thing is, is absolutely insane. I watched a video of a couple of high school students uh, describing its use and how to use it and how it needs to be used within the school and what students can do and blah, blah, blah. It's just a massive waste of time. You need a Google account to log in. There's a massive unnecessary time wasting of a back and forth between you and the teacher and what the teacher has to click and what you have to click. Um, you know, I, I said this on Gab, and I even put the video out on Gab. I said, uh, I remember when a hall pass was just a stick. Does anybody remember that? When your hall pass was just a stick with your uh, teacher's room number on it? You know, something, it was like a ruler. Take this to the bathroom. That way people know that you're on your way to the bathroom. Now it's all data tracking, data mining. Where did you step? How long have you been there? You know, it's just, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And we wonder why people don't want to give school districts more money. It's because they're going to waste it on useless crap like this. This too, again, this $3.5 million, kiss it goodbye. There's no way this gets used for anything productive. No chance. Absolutely no chance. Uh, okay, that wraps that up. A couple of jab-related things. The Bengals assistant coach Adam Zimmer died. He was 38 years old. I'm sure he was jabbed. Shouldn't shock anybody. Um. You know, how long are they going to be able to cover this up? That's an ongoing question I have. How many more people who are on television have to die in order for people to say, wait a minute, this seems strange. We have health healthy 30-year-olds just collapsing or being found dead in their home, and it's a shock to everybody. It blows me away. Um, okay. Election-related stuff. Here we go. This is from the Gateway Pundit. It says the following, quote, National Guard to activate cybersecurity teams to help with midterm elections in 14 states. It says in preparation for upcoming Tuesday's midterm election, the National Guard will be activating cybersecurity teams in 14 states to assist in keeping election authorities' networks secure, so they say, from cyber attacks and from any Malicious Activities Politico reported. Which states are these? The 14 states with National Guard teams on duty on Election Day are 
North Carolina, Arizona, Iowa, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Louisiana, New Mexico, New York, Washington, and West Virginia. Seems like you would want them everywhere. But I think in reality, they are. Uh, I think that's what Space Force is all about. So there's that. All right. That leads me to this, which is this election post about not bringing your cell phone. Um, and then I have one more thing, just sort of randomly, which is awesome that AJ Gochik tossed my way from California. It has to do with America's frontline doctors. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, and again, our conversation with, with Cicely from New Mexico, because man, New Mexico is, is a mess. It's just a mess out there. 51st in education, New Mexico is. 51st in the, sta- in the, uh, in the nation. Worse than Washington, D.C., and a 25% literacy rate, Cicely said. So that's coming up here in a second. Um, okay, here's what this post says. Again, this could be purposeful disinformation. It's hard to know, but again, it makes sense. But at the same time, we want video evidence or photo evidence that we, in fact, voted. So it says the following. And again, this is a, a Google Twitter thing. It's like an informational meme. Uh, it says, do not take your phone when you vote and absolutely do not take it to any polling place. So it says the following here. Um, it says, Twitter shares the fire hose of data with Google. All of Twitter was migrated over to the Google Cloud. Therefore, Google has everyone's individual aggregated data information, political affiliations, political preferences, and more to build an individual profile. It says the data is fed through algorithms that indicate the individual's likely vote or votes. On election day, if voters bring their phones into a polling place and based on geolocation from cell towers, they contribute to an accurate real-time and rolling headcount that reflects the voting returns. This permits them to maintain a reasonably accurate and real-time barometer of the election returns. Therefore, they can determine who arrived at a polling place, how they voted, who remains outstanding as a voter, and how they will vote. It further permits them to begin reconciling fraudulent paper ballots in the backdrop as the election is unfolding. At the desired time, vote tabulation is shut down as it occurred in the 2020 election, and the fraudulent paper ballots are leveraged to reconcile any gaps in the actual returns and the election outcome they desire. Combined with fractional voting algorithms found in the voting machines, the differences can be made up according to the aggregated and projected data and therefore tip the elections to their preferred candidates. What it all means. Absolutely do not take your phone with you when you vote and absolutely do not take your phone into a polling place. And then at the bottom... It says, this information is delivered as public service announcement, and a forthcoming article will, be, will give proper attention and citation to it. Again, I'm not saying that this is impossible. This is very real, without a doubt. But, on the other hand, you need to take a photograph of your ballot. And, like I said, with Dominion voting machines, as I vote on, 
it shows you a QR code when you're all set and done. If you don't have a photograph of that QR code, if the proverbial shit hits the fan and people need to find out if they in fact had their vote count or that it was actually tabulated correctly, um, you're going to, you're going to need some sort of proof. So it's a double-edged sword. I don't know what to say. I'm taking my phone. I'm taking photographs. That's the way that it's going to be. But yeah, I just wanted to push that out there. It's food for thought. I know it's a little confusing, but even so, I think, uh, I think we have to take our phones with us no matter what happens. Okay. That moves me to this. And prayers to AJ Gochik, by the way, uh, to his mother. Um, his mother has dementia, as he is even described on the show, and she fell, hit her head, broke her hip. Um, and then he had quite the experience at the hospital with he, his wife, and his mother, where, again, they are not mask wearers. They weren't wearing masks. And apparently the only people at the front door, he told me, uh, the couple of nurses at the front door had a problem with them not wearing masks, and so did the security guard. And the security guard apparently didn't like it when AJ called him a slave for uh, being a, a mask enforcer. But he said no one else was wearing masks. No one else cared that, that they weren't wearing masks. So there you go. The inconsistency and ludicrous nature of all of it is everywhere. But uh, prayers to AJ and his family, and certainly his mother as well. He tossed me this. He said, you're going to get a kick out of this. Uh, he said, let me see here. Let me pull this up. He said, hey, Sean, uh, this is fascinating Frontline Doctors press release. I've never heard anything like it. One board member publicly accuses another of unethical conduct, self-dealing, bullying, etc. Usually those matters are handled privately and kept confidential for many reasons. He said, I wonder if this Joseph Gilbert, quote unquote, is even real, and if they made this guy up to blame for their own unethical conduct. Do they even have an actual board of directors? And then he said, Simone Gold quoting a verse from the Bible, oh please, who is she fooling? So here's this press release that came out on November 3rd from America's Frontline Doctors. Now, you know my take on these people. and. Uh, it's interesting, again, the evolution of all of this and watching their evolution on the number of people who don't affiliate anymore with America's frontline doctors. They are quite literally useless at this point. If you want ivermectin, you can get it from North Carolina on ivermectin.com for next to nothing. If you want HCQ, you can make it at home and drink it. Pretty simple. So America's frontline doctors serve zero purpose at this point. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked people affiliate with them. I don't think many people do. It's just Simone Gold's baby now. She's the only one behind the wheel, and then she's got her handlers in the car with her too. And the, um, again, my take and my opinion on it is they're all the bullies. Simone Gold is a bully, unprofessional. So are other people. You know, people have got to look a little deeper. And I've told those stories about Simone Gold in the past before and my, my singular interaction with her, which was hardly an interaction at all. But uh, anyway, the, uh, here's what it says. It says, Dr. Simone Gold reaffirms her leadership role in America's Frontline Doctors, AFLDS, and announces organizational reform and future initiatives, November 3rd, 2022. Dr. Simone Gold, prominent doctor, lawyer, founder 
of AFLDS and challenger of the COVID narrative, I don't know why that's capitalized, uh, presents board investigation and review of internal safeguards to ensure the fiscal health of AFLDS going forward. Yeah, this whole thing seems sketchy to me. Uh, Tucson, Arizona, it says, recently returning from a hyperpartisan political incarceration. Dr. Simone Gold reaffirmed her leadership role as founder, president, and board chairman of America's Frontline Doctors at the company meeting this week. Due to the hostile environment that AFLDS was operating in because of Gold's persistent challenges to the government's coronavirus propaganda, in the spring of this year, Gold discussed with her fellow board members the possibility of her transitioning away from the board in the best interests of the organization. It then says, Those discussions were never legally actualized, however with Gold nevertheless admirably performing her professional obligations despite organizational assurances to her remaining unfulfilled amidst increasing government and media opposition. That entire sentence sounds like some kind of a cover-up. It says, For months, as Gold worked through her numerous personal and professional challenges and subsequent imprisonment, the following scripture was one of two that sustained her. Joshua 1.9, I have not commanded you, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It says, although gold continues to rely on most of her management team to continue the day-to-day -day operations of AFLDS as she returns to resume her role, as board chairman, Gold regrettably announced today that Joseph Gilbert Esquire, a board member, as well as a paid consultant at AFLDS for some time, was being investigated for directing inappropriate expenditures, hirings, and firings for his professional, I'm sorry, for his personal benefit. Gold stated, quote, it is with great sadness that I must announce that Mr. Gilbert has repeatedly acted unethically, exhibiting a clear pattern of inappropriate and dam damaging behavior, including numerous instances of self-dealing and threats made to employees of financial retaliation and termination if they failed to comply with his demands. AFLDS will not tolerate corruption nor allow a culture of fear and bullying, unquote. An internal audit an investigation are currently underway to review financial records and board actions taken while Gold was indisposed in prison. Despite so many strenuous circumstances, Gold is excited and fully re-engaged with her, with her team and thanks them all for their strength, perseverance, and most of all, their commitment to righteousness. Gold would also like to thank her family, donors, and the public that have supported her throughout this difficult time. Dr. Gold intends to share new plans for visionary efforts at AFLDS over the next several months, including its mission to expose CDC and FDA corruption and drain the science swamp, unquote. What a nightmare. Again, hard to know if any of that's even real. It really is difficult to, it's just difficult to know. Um. I don't want to rehash all the Dr. Gold stuff, but I'm just telling you people that, uh, you know, things are not what they seem at face value. They just aren't. 
my interactions with them were were nice when I was talking with the individual who was associated originally with um, some of their scheduling. Very nice, very nice woman, former nurse. And again, I met some nice people in San Antonio during that White Coat Summit. But the closer you got to Dr. Gold, the shadier things got. Very odd. Very weird. So there you go. She's a grifter. I don't know what else to say. Uh, she's irrelevant. She has nothing to offer a- anymore that we can't offer ourselves. And uh, yeah, she's a grifter. That's, that's my two cents. Okay. With that said, here is my discussion with Sicily and our discussion, again, regarding New Mexico politics and education and a variety of other things as well. She discusses what's on the ballot and what's going on there. And toward the end of our discussion, she was describing a past coworker uh, that she, of course, used to work with who has been a school teacher for quite some time and, and still is, and is clearly suffering from some serious burnout. And I don't use the word burnout casually. I mean, it's evident that the environment and the working environment and everything that they're witnessing and seeing, again, regarding unprofessionalism among other coworkers, et cetera, et cetera, is really wearing on this individual. Um, and she also mentioned, again, that her husband is Border Patrol as well. So he's gone weeks at a time, I would assume. And that has to be taxing. You see, this is the, I, I've, I've brought this subject up before, the, the business of, again, depression and, and teacher burnout and whatever else, because it's very, very serious. And it's a serious problem in the field of education. But what's gone on over the last two years has just been gas on that fire. It's just one tank of gasoline just being chucked completely on top of that fire. You have more teachers, I bet, now today that are burnt out and suffering from anxiety and depression. And I think that it's only a matter of time. Again, the profession is so inconsistent in what is supposed to be a very consistent line of work. I mean, instruction is supposed to be relatively consistent. Information acquisition, yeah, you can get it lots of different places at different times. And and that's a good thing, of course. But The things that teachers are being asked to do today and have been asked to do over the last couple of years is absolutely insane. There is no way, again, that it's a healthy work environment for countless people. And uh, I feel for her, for a friend, because again, that, that kind of stuff is very, very taxing. It's just taxing. And it's only a matter of time again before... Um maybe they have a breakdown of some kind which i'm i'm not advocating for and i certainly don't hope happens cuz i don't wish that on anybody but it's such an unhealthy profession that it's almost inevitable that in this day and age with everything that they're being asked to do and again the constant changing of the landscape and the shifting of particular things and do this and do that and come to this meeting and listen to this and then the very next day it's all gone And then they have to just do something else again, and they're asked to do something completely different. It's too inconsistent, and that kind of inconsistency just wears on the mind. So again, New Mexico, 51st in the the nation in education with a 25% literacy rate. Give this conversation a listen, ladies and gentlemen, and I will catch you on Friday. Again, certainly get out there and vote. Vote straight red down the entire ticket. Even Trump said... 
you know, vote for the rhinos, he said, and he'll handle the rhinos later. Um, yeah, can't, can't vote for the, can't vote for the Democrats. And again, if you have a, a school levy or higher taxes on the ballot, vote against it 100%. We, we can't afford any of that ever. So give this conversation a listen between Sicily and myself, and I'll catch you on Friday, everybody. Take care. You know, governor, lieutenant governor, all those offices up. I did take a look at the amendments and the bonds. So we'll go through the um, the first amendment, uh, the amendment one. It says to provide additional distributions from the land grant permanent funds. Um, and it just kind of talked, it went into a little bit about basically providing more funds for infrastructure. Um, during 2020, the 2020 school year, there was a lot of talk about providing those low income families with internet. So this kind of just um, touched on that, I think, this amendment. Amendment two. Oh, wait, no, maybe that was Amendment 2, sorry. Amendment 2 is to allow legislature to enact statutes that authorize spending to assist, spend, excuse me, authorize spending to assist in construction of utility lines or other infrastructure for energy, internet, water, wastewater, for residential purposes. So that's, that's what it, Yes, I just confused those two, but that to me sounds like they're authorizing the le- the legislature to create a law to authorize spending to construction, you know, for that infrastructure. And I think that maybe that's what they're talking about is the students that were low income that didn't have access to the internet, so they couldn't get their schoolwork done. I think maybe that's what it's touching on. And then Amendment Three. Proposes to delay the general election for a seat to which a judge has served on the court for one year following appointment by the governor. Changes the language in Article 6, Section 35 from his application to the application from chairman to chair and from committee to commission. So that's Amendment 3 on our ballot. I didn't realize committee was an offensive word. That whole thing sounds confusing to me. It's very confusing. Um, so then the bonds, I took a look at the bonds. $6 million for equipment and supplemental library resources for the public edu- education department. So the way that I read that was it's $6 million for the public education department to provide libraries, school libraries with whatever books or supplemental resources they wanted to. Um, no, thank you on that one. No kidding. On, on three for a total of, and this is a total amount of the bond, like that would be approved or that would be used $215 million or $215,986 million. For improvements, basically, and it kind of broke down each campus, whether it was a charter school or a junior college or a university campus, what would be spent where, 
And one of those was an allotment of $900,000 for a UNM campus to replace the roof and install solar panels. And then, of course, you have your governor's race. Yes, that's a big one. I I took a lot of notes there. I looked at the um, opposing candidate. I looked at his website. Uh, Let's start off by saying um, I went to a, I guess it was a poll watcher, poll challenger training in August for the county. And I was told that Dominion voting machines in New Mexico are not connected to the internet and they have no Bluetooth capabilities. I was also told that voter fraud is occurring not in the machines themselves, but the number of registered voters versus the number of people who vote. I didn't, that didn't really sit well with me. I didn't think. Yeah, that made any sense. Um, And it was just an excuse for why we're using the Dominion machines. Did you happen to get the names of the people who ran that seminar? You know, I did. He was a lawyer in Albuquerque. I don't even write his name down. But we got a copy of the New Mexico Constitution and we got a copy of Election Handbook of the State of New Mexico, 2021 edition. So that was interesting. There was only a handful of us there, probably 10, maybe. I mean, and they're not going to mention anything about fractionalizing the votes or anything like that. I mean, pre-programming the machines, they're not going to bring any of that up. Oh, no. I I brought up the machines, and he barely, he barely touched on the question that I had. So and he was a lawyer in Albuquerque. I can't remember his name. Is this guy, was this guy a, a direct lawyer for Dominion? So, no, he was just an attorney. Um, it was a, it was held by the Republican committee, I think. Um, but he's just an attorney that kind of goes around and does the, those trainings. Interesting. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. He did say the secretary of state has had six lawsuits filed against her which is a lot i guess is what he said that's a lot um she's as corrupt as anybody can be and she's up for re-election as well what's the uh what's the the sense of the polling out there i mean i know you get on the internet you look at the polls they say it's a toss-up they say grisham is up a couple of points uh last week he had pulled ahead by two points I don't trust the polling. No kidding, yeah. And I I don't understand how they can say that New Mexico is a toss-up with all that she put us through. But I, I did write down, I looked at the uh, voter registration from 2020 to now, and I do have those numbers. And, of course, the guy that she's running against is Mark Ronchetti, correct? Yes, I I wrote a, I took a lot of notes on him, so I went like I said I went to his website, looked at all his issues, but the voter registration. So um, the Democrats redistricted the district maps in 2021, and the Republicans actually took that to court, and they lost. So they just kind of gerrymandered, you know. They put 
they redistricted. I, they said it was based on the census, which everybody knows the census was made up too. But what I figured out was they put many conservative counties with the liberal counties, which can kind of be a good thing for us because we have those more conservative votes, um, you know, like the rural. But they just, I mean, it may, I'm hoping it kind of backfires on them because they, they tried to redistrict in their favor. So voter registration in October of 2020. Okay, let me start with my county. So my county in October of 2020, Democrat was 9,665. Republican in October of 2020 was 17,931. So flash forward two years, Democrat was 8,752. As of October 30th of this year, that's how many Democrats are registered in in Eddy County. And then Republicans is 18,079. Statewide total registration in October of 2020 was 1,350,181. And then October 30th, 1,362,028. So uh, 11,847 more people registered. More registration in in two years. Um, Not necessarily a good thing, but we'll see. (laughs) Sure, not to mention they can Um, be illegals. Yes, that's... And I assume Oops. your governor's just letting them in all the oh, time. It's, yep. Open border, wide open border. We didn't even do trick-or-treating because I was like, we're not doing that. I don't trust anybody, anything with the fentanyl coming across the border. So, um, nope. Um, so, some news on her actually came out yesterday. In 2018, the news channel that moderated the debate, uh, texted her questions and answers. I saw that. Yeah. That was... Yeah, so... Yeah, go ahead. That came out yesterday, um, five days from election day. But she she has her policies catch and release of prisoners. And one of the latest ads that Mark Ronchetti has is um, this illegal that she released a couple days later, murdered this young teenager. And um, so that's one of his latest ads. Let me ask, um, you, let me ask you this question real quick, too, because I, I find this kind of interesting. You know, it, you, you, have, you have Carrie Lake in Arizona, who is a former news anchor, and then you have Mark Ranchetti, who apparently was a former weatherman, correct? Yes, he was a very popular weatherman. Why do you not? Um, why why is there not the, um, sort of the Kerry Lake celebrity effect going on in New Mexico the way that it is Arizona? You know they both came from the media. They're both running against horrible people. It just it it seems odd given the fact that you know you're you're right next door to each other. Yes, it is very strange. That's a good question. I think. Because I feel like he was picked, handpicked, by the GOP establishment, and he's not um, going to 
like be as tough, I guess, as you can say, as as Carrie Lake. He's kind of been playing the middle. Gotcha. And um, a lot of the stuff that I wrote down on him uh, is evidence of that. So, for example, he did not win the pre-primary convention in February, so he wasn't even elected by the delegates. The guy that I thought would be perfect for the job. Um, he was elected twice as county commissioner in his county, flipped it red, made it a sanctuary county for 2A. So the delegates chose him. Then, all of a sudden, in June, for the primary, Mark Ronchetti uh, runs away with it. When this other guy, Jay Block, he only had supposedly 2,300 votes total. That, to me, clear evidence. This is the guy that they want. And I, I mean, I looked at his, let's see, there was a couple things where I was reading his stance on things, and I'm like, um, that's not really, really going to make a difference. For example, when the Roe versus Wade was, quote, overturned, he came out and said, oh, I, we can have abortion up to 15 weeks, you know, for the, the, with exceptions of rape and incest or whatever it was. Kind of play in the middle. Just saying it enough for the, the voters to see, because I guess, I don't know, maybe a lot of voters think that it should be allowed in terms of rape or incest. Whereas in the 80s and 90s, a, a conservative for abortion would be like, no, no way. Um, let's see, he plans to <clears throat> excuse me, cut taxes in half. Every New Mexico citizen, so my husband, my two sons and I would receive $100 each for every $1 billion the state receives from oil and gas revenue. Support and partner with climate innovators. Identify failing in infrastructure systems and work with legislators. So we, throughout the state, you could go anywhere on any road. It would, there's potholes everywhere. It's just, I mean, that should be up to the city, I think. That's a city thing. It's reduce unemployment from 26 to 16 weeks. Okay, his crime plan in catch and release, expand three strikes. Deploy the National Guard and create a border strike force. In sanctuary policy for illegals who commit crime. So right now... I mean, you could be an illegal, commit murder, and be walking the streets. Provide a training hub for law enforcement in southwest New Mexico. Now, this was interesting. In my city, we have a law enforcement training facility already. But we're in southeast New Mexico. So I, I just thought that was interesting. Just maybe provided on the other side of the state. They could work with Arizona. I'm not, I don't know. Expand the drug court. Establish New Mexico Narcotics Investigation Network. Okay. Next one. Let's see. Okay. Let's talk about education. His education plan. I mentioned this to you before where he plans to provide $1,500 for first through third grade families for the next three years to hire a tutor. 
outside of school. I remember that. Yeah. How many people are going to take $1,500 and hire a tutor to help their kid, quote, catch up in school? Um, not many. No. Let's go buy a big screen TV. Let's go, you know, required school districts to spend COVID cash on classroom interventions, launch school-based summer academics, which New Mexico already does that. We provide kindergarten through third grade summer school free. To me, that's already happening, unless he's going to expand it into higher and secondary. Increase meaningful and strategic instructional time throughout the school year. I mean, so that could be, are we adding on days? Are we, what are we doing here? He does support school choice. Okay, you'll like this one. He wants to have the best principals to earn six figures. So pay the best principals more. Good Lord. And then, um... The best teachers are encouraged and funded to enter principal development training. What makes them a, a good principal? How do you know that? Is it based on their teacher's test scores? Uh, is it based on their likability? Is it based on their what their last name is? I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah, it's, it's all going to be based on agreeableness, your willingness to just do what you're told, and then be shown a, a, a giant six-figure check. That is, that's just ridiculous. That's wild. Um, truancy, use COVID funds to hire and build truancy teams. So there you go. Create high-risk classrooms with low number of students in high truancy schools. Encourage opening of more bilingual charters. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. Um. So what does that tell you about the, the number of Spanish speakers that we have here? Um, and then high school students who have consistent truancy are will have to give up their driver's license. Oh, and then also hire um, train officers for school security. Good Lord, none of this is good. This is no, all, I mean, it's all very, yeah. very weird. Yes, and, was, and, and and he of course says you know he can't do this with a stroke of a pen. I mean this has to come down from the leg the state legislature. Yep, it doesn't seem very. It just seems very um, moderate to me. Not very productive either. What's uh, Wuhan Luhan's approach to education? Has she said? Well, her so her she's running on. She her campaign is literally on. Abortion is health care. She gave teacher raises last year. And she's she's um, provided new jobs and small businesses. Now, wait a minute. In 2020, we lost 40% of our small businesses in the state. But don't worry. She's provided new jobs and, and more small businesses are opening up. That's literally what she's running on. She actually, I don't know if you know this, but she got married recently, just a few months ago, and Kamala Harris officiated. No kidding. Yep. To a man? <laughs> um, there's a there's one of her commercials that she's kissing her husband goodbye, so I guess that must be her or him. <laughs> okay. 
Unless it's one of those beard relationships, you know? Oh, who knows? Like, it's either communism and we turn into California in about two years, or we vote for the former weatherman. That's where New Mexico's at right now. Ridiculous. And, of course, I saw that she, you sent me that story about her dancing in an abortion rally. Yeah, so it was her and the one of the guys that's running for, I believe it's Congress. You may have seen him, too. He was on TV. He had a disguise. He gave a fake name. Something about, oh, it was like when the BLM, all that BLM stuff was going on. He was part of the BLM riot. So his name is Gabe Vasquez, and he's running for Congress. And he was on, you know how they, quote, interview somebody at the at the uh, those riots. He gave a fake name, and he had a disguise, and so his kind of, it kind of came out that, oh, this is him, He's he supports defunding the police, he supports, he's an extremist, all this stuff. So that's, the, that's one of the guys running for Congress against the incumbent. He was there, and then the Secretary of State was at the abortion rally. Uh, let's see who else was there. Probably the lieutenant governor, which I don't even know much about that guy. Probably her cousin, Ben Ray Lujan, who's a senator who's just as corrupt as she is. I mean, they were all there. I also saw she had no problem getting on stage with Joe Biden the other day. I haven't, I didn't see any of that. I haven't even seen, um, I know he referred to us as Mexico, which happens a lot. Um, but for somebody who's an actor or has dementia, that's, I mean, I can get that, but her biggest donors are not even in New Mexico. I think she had a rally in Colorado and there's a lot of, um, Democrats here who have said, I, I'm voting Republican for the first time in my life. There's a lot of, I think, legislature, legislators that are Democrat that are pretty angry at her because they were small business owners or their, you know, their parents were small business owners. I feel like we have the momentum. I just don't trust the system. And that's, that's the problem. Yeah. I I personally can't imagine anybody in any of these states or counties, regardless of the political persuasion, still voting for the same people who locked people down force masks on people, shut down their businesses, abuse children. It just blows me away. I cannot imagine that they would actually vote for the opportunity for that to even happen again. I I agree. I don't know why they keep saying New Mexico is a toss-up. I mean, we have those large counties that are that are Democrat, but you cannot tell me that people are going to allow that to happen again. I just, I don't believe it. I cannot believe it. But as I walk around, I've noticed an uptick in masks again at the grocery store. Um, So I I don't know if, you know, all these boomers or whoever they are, Hispanics, are, you know, watching the local news. Oh, it's flu season. Got to wear your mask. I just, I've noticed it pick up a little bit recently. And Um, didn't you say that they're the ones... That buy into it the easiest, buy into all these lies the easiest, that whatever government says on their TV, they just believe it? 
or was that yeah. or was that the reservation Native no, Americans? No, it's both. It's both. Okay. The reservation's heavily Democrat because they get their their monthly check, and they choose to live in a communist life. And the not all of them, and the Hispanics, and they just. Vote blue no matter who. Vote blue no matter what. There's always going to be those people everywhere. I mean. What's the uh, what's the yard sign ratio look like? And is, I have and, not seen. And, I haven't seen one single sign of hers. Well, not that's, one. That's not bad. Not even, not even a big, um, you know, the big ones you see on the side of the road. I haven't seen a single one. Did there used to be signs for her up in people's yards? I don't remember. I mean. I don't remember. I remember seeing Joe Biden signs, but I don't. Re- I don't remember seeing any any for her. What? Uh, l- let me shift gears slightly to education and more locally regarding your old stomping grounds. What's your old district up to these days? Any idea? I I don't know a lot. I did talk to. So the last update that I gave you was they had a a school shooting threat a couple weeks ago. It ended up being the kid, it was a joke, Um, his mom found out immediately before the cops did, took him straight to the principal. I still don't know if that kid has been arrested. There was a rumor going around that he was a teacher's kid, and that's kind of why he got a slap on the wrist. I don't know. Um, Something I thought was interesting, though, the last board meeting I attended was the one with I, when I sent you that email, I think it was July or August, when they post their agenda, it, w- it used to have, when the old superintendent was in charge, it used to have the Zoom link where you could, you know, attend the meeting through Zoom. It doesn't have that anymore. Now, with this new superintendent, I, I talked to a friend the other day. She's a school counselor at um, the junior high. She said, that under this new guy, they will not require the jab. She said he's not going to do it. She said depression and thoughts of suicide, low attendance, failing grades, and low motivation and um, are the highest she's ever seen them. Because she, she kind of said, well, depression, low attendance, low motivation. I thought, well, isn't that, that's not really abnormal. She said, no, it's the highest I've ever seen it. She said neglect is is one of her, she gets a lot of students who feel ne- who are neglected. Their parents are either working two jobs or they're working long hours or their parents just aren't home. Oh, yes. So my my school. They had to hire all three positions for the third grade. I left, and then one retired, and then one other teacher took the Title I job. So they hired a brand-new rookie teacher. Um, The other one they hired is a lesbian, and my friend that's still there says she is horrible she thinks she's better than you 
and she walks around like she's better than you, and her class is horrible, and and then the other teacher they hired was an older lady who probably should retire from what it sounds like. So the older lady's husband just got a new job, I think South Dakota. She left a few weeks ago, like she's gone, middle of the quarter. So they had to hire a new teacher to take her place. Well, my other friend who teaches first grade said that they hired some girl who was attending the university where I attended for my master's. Um, she's Ukrainian, so I don't even know how long she's been here. Obviously long enough to get her uh, a degree, but, but she doesn't have a worker's visa. So but they hired her. I mean, they're so desperate they hired her anyway. So now they have to hire a long-term sub to fill that position until she can get a work visa. And so my friend said, hey, do you want to be a long-term sub? And I said, nope. Hilarious. I mean, hilarious. Yeah, that's amazing. Let's hire somebody who doesn't even, isn't a citizen of this country, can't legally work. It just, I just thought it was hilarious. And it's more proof that they're just hurting for subs. Yep. Did you want to visit about the the homeschool real quick? Yes, or? please. Go for it. Well, my oldest son, he barely turned five last week. So technically he's not of school age, but he is attending a private preschool, a private Christian preschool, uh, two and a half hours a week, uh, sorry, five hours a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. And... I got a scholarship, so I'm only paying $81 a month for him to attend school. But right now, he's working on, you know, a letter a week, a number a week. And then we just kind of reinforce that at home with, oh, well, this starts with H or this starts with G. Or, But as far as the homeschooling, I read a little bit about at his age and my, my younger son is two. To, to start off with homeschool, just to kind of start off with those basic life skills and the, and just let them play. And I ordered some books the other day. I ordered a Charlotte Mason book, just some different books to kind of get me started. But, I mean, we're, we're outside all the time. We are, he's always asking questions. He's always, he's always been inquisitive. He's a smart kid. He absorbs everything, and so I, 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 I haven't started quote homeschooling, but I feel like we kind of already do it. Where just in our everyday life, you know, I bake a lot, so they like to help me measure and pour, and just natural life skills, and um, and he'll probably be reading. By the end of the school year. I'll tell you what. Do you have a copy of uh, McGuffey's Eclectic Primer by chance? I don't. Check that out on Amazon. McGuffey? Okay. McGuffey Readers? Yeah. <coughs> okay. It's a hardback. I'm actually holding on to it right now. What you'll probably want to end up doing is eventually you'll want to get the whole box set. Okay. Because it's, it's clearly progressive, as you would expect. 
and uh, they get thicker and thicker as you go. The uh, the eclectic primer is the is the first one, and it's all okay. it's numbers and letters. Well, letters and it's it's letters first, and then each individual page just has a giant picture of a thing that is the actual word at the bottom. So you're talking three letter words. Like a like dog. Or... Yep, cat, pot, hen, you name it. And then it says well, let it says lesson two, and it runs through those. And then before you know it, you're into three word sentences. My mom grew up reading Dick and Jane. There you go. Yep. I mean, I'm telling what you. What happened to that? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> See, you, you, if you were, if you were to show one of these to a school teacher today. Uh, they they lose their minds. They'd say, "Well, there's no way I can use that." But what they don't know is is that you know their students would be reading in a week or two yeah. weeks, almost regardless of age. There's so many things that I'm like, "How could I have taught that? Why why did I do that?" But I just I didn't know any better. Yeah. You know, and now I do, and now I can teach my children. This is this is the real truth. I just, there's so many things that I'm like, why, why did I do that? But I didn't know any better and a lot of teachers don't. And my friend that is still working, she's very, she's only been, I mean, well, this is probably her 15th year, I think. So she seems very burnt out. She doesn't seem like she enjoys it anymore. Um, And she's good. She's one of the good ones. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.